y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. For the past five weeks, we have been looking at the spiritual conditions that a person might find themselves. There are four that we have discussed, or we will discuss. That's dead, alive, lost, and found. First week, we looked at Ephesians 2 to discuss the first two conditions of being dead in sins and transgressions, and the second one being made alive in Christ. The next two are lost and found. The main scripture for our discussion of these two conditions has been Luke 15. In this chapter, we find the three parables of the lost things, which Jesus tells to his audience in response to the religious leader's shadiness about him hanging out with, quote, sinners. He tells the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. We have already looked at the first two parables, discussing the condition of lost. The past two weeks, we began looking and continued to look at the parable of the prodigal son. The first week we discussed this parable, we looked at the prodigal son himself and how he went from a son in right standing to a man desperate to eat pig's food in a foreign land. We looked last week at the son coming to his senses and heading home from toward his father and how his father responded in the most faithful and compassionate way, restoring this son back into the family. No questions asked. Today we will look at the third character in this parable, the older son, the older brother. Let's dive in and see what we can see from his response to his brother coming home and to his father's gracious restoration. To be honest, this talk makes me a little uneasy. Of the characters in this parable, I most identify with the older son. His response to his younger brother coming home and to his father's welcoming of the younger brother sends chills down my spine because I know that self-righteousness is what the older brother experienced, and that is most often than not my default. What we will see today is that even though the older brother did not blatantly sin as his younger brother did, his sin was just as egregious, if not more so. While he stuck close to the father physically, his heart was nowhere near his father. He had a heart stuck on himself, not too different than the younger brother's sin. Let's read the scripture and then break it down. As I read, I want you to keep in mind that Jesus is making the connection here between the older brother and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who in verse 2 of Luke 15 had issue with Jesus welcoming and eating with the, quote, sinners. Who are these people? Who are the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? The Pharisees were a strict group of religious Jews who advocated minute obedience to the Jewish law and traditions. Very influential in the synagogues as well. They agreed with Jesus in that they had respect for the law, belief in the resurrection of the dead, and they committed to following and obeying God's will. They disagreed with Jesus in that they rejected his claim to be the Messiah because he did not follow all their traditions and associated with notoriously wicked people. The teachers of the law 
were professional interpreters of the law who especially emphasized the traditions. Many teachers of the law were also Pharisees. They agreed with Jesus in a respect for the law, and they had committed to obeying God. They disagreed with Jesus in that they denied Jesus' authority to reinterpret the law, rejected Jesus as Messiah because he did not obey all of their traditions. So with this in mind, about who the Pharisees and teachers of the law were, I would like for you also, and myself, to think about this question as we read the scripture. As the older brother responds, what is the real issue? Was he upset with his brother's return? Or was he upset with his father's grace? Let's think on that as I read the scripture. Luke 15, 25 through 30. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Okay, let's break this down each verse. Verse 25 says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. We see here that this older brother has been working in the field. He was about his father's business. This work was hard labor. This was no cupcake job. Because of his reaction, we will see in the next several verses, we can conclude that this fella has been affected by the environment of the field and the hard work at hand. Had the work jaded him? Was he resentful of the extra work put on him when his brother ran off? Imagine this tired worker coming home, expecting the same old run-of-the-mill supper to eat, the evening routine of washing and bed, only to wake up the next morning and do it all over again. But instead of the mundane, he came upon an extraordinary scene and found himself on the outside looking in, hearing the music and the dancing and the celebrating. Verse 26 says, So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. So instead of going in to see for himself, he asked a servant for information on what was happening. He chose not to go into the celebration himself. He preferred to get all the information first. Did he think the celebration was excessive or unnecessary, perhaps? Verse 27 tells us that the servant said, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. The servant explains the reason for the celebration. Notice the possessive pronouns the servant uses, your, your brother, and your father. The servant is identifying the relationship. Is perhaps the servant gently reminding the older brother of this connection? Had the servant heard the older brother speak ill of the younger brother, and perhaps even his father. 
We are not sure, but it is clear that Jesus wants his audience to know that there is a familial connection still present. Sin, bad choices, bad attitudes, distance of time and space did not change that identity. Verse 28 says, The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. What did the older brother do? He became angry. He wanted nothing to do with this party. This brother, this son, had a choice here. He could have risen above the fray of his selfish and bitter heart and followed this father's lead in embracing and reconciling with his younger brother. But he did not. He felt justified in his actions, and yet we see again the loving and faithful response of the father. The father again goes out, meets with this son, and attempts to change his heart and his mind about joining the celebration. Again, the father's compassion is evident, just as we saw last week in how he responded to the younger son. But the response to the father's compassion from this older son is much different. Verse 29 tells us how he responds. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. The older brother's response was one of stubbornness and self-righteousness. He had been, quote, slaving for years and never disobeyed his father's orders. He was focused on his own work and merit, and with his choice of words, clearly, he did not value the work he was given, the position he had in his father's household, nor did he value the presence of his father. He clearly did not enjoy anything about his life at this moment. He was never even offered a second-class animal to sacrifice and party with his friends. Notice where he was focused, on himself. And then verse 30. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Let's make sure we notice that the older brother makes no claim of relational connection to the younger brother. What pronouns does he use? This son of yours, not this brother of mine. He has written his brother off and is not looking back, unconvinced that his brother deserves any kind of grace, redemption, celebration, or restoration. And yet he is the one choosing to squander grace. So let's go back up to our original question. What was the older brother's real issue? Was he upset with his brother's return? Or was he upset with the father's grace? I dare say he's upset with his father. If we think about how the Pharisees interacted with Jesus and how they were upset that he was hanging around with sinners, that's where the issue is. This older brother had issue with the father. So what can we say now as it applies to us? Simple as don't be like the older brother. Of all the ways he could have responded to this situation, he responded wrong. Just as the Pharisees and teachers of the law were responding to Jesus' interactions with sinners, they were clearly in the wrong. No doubt wanting a shovel full of grace from God for themselves, not even a teaspoonful 
for their brothers, the sinners. Don't be like that. Don't allow self-righteousness to poison your heart and mind. Don't find reason to despise the grace given to someone else. Don't be about yourself. Value the work God the Father has for you. Don't grow tired and weary, becoming bitter and cynical about the calling on your life. Bask in God's presence as you stay near to Him. And by all means, join in the celebration of heaven when one sinner comes home. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that we have your insight into what it means to be self-righteous. And while I recognize that that is a temptation, one I often fail in and sin, I thank you that you've shown us a different way. And I ask that you would help me when I am tempted to be self-righteous, when I'm tempted to rely on my own work, my own goodness, whatever that means. I pray that you would help any friend that's listening that is that deals with self-righteousness. God, we know that in your eyes, it's falling short of your standard, of your holy, uh, holy standard for us. And my self-righteousness is no different than someone who is blatantly sinning. So help me in this area, help my friend in this area. And God, I pray that we would be about grace in each and every situation for each and every person and help us to join in celebrating when a lost sinner comes home, comes back home to you and to your arms and help us to shovel out grace just like you do. No questions asked. Thank you for this time together in this scripture. And thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the grace that he supplied at the cross. And I pray all these prayers in his name. Amen. All right, y'all. Next week, we will conclude this series with talking about the fourth spiritual condition. And that is the condition of being found going to be a good one, and I hope you will tune back in then. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me, and I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision, 
to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him. Will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.